Hey, how you doing, church? Come on, let's give God a great big hand. Come on. I'm so, so excited that you're here. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. You could be a lot of places, but you chose to be here. Come on, transformed. Man, I believe God has something specifically to say to you today. I believe it's, it's a biblical message, but it's going to help you. It's going to help you practically live for Jesus on a day-by-day basis. That's what this is all about. Hey, last month in December, I was here and I shared actually in a message that I did. And I shared this uh, frequently in the month of uh, December that typically... And it was progressively getting worse, not better. That December wasn't a real good month for me. As a matter of fact, it was, it was right after Thanksgiving, I heard myself say, somebody said, are you looking forward to, to Christmas in, in December? And I said, the only thing good about December is January 2nd. I said that. It came out of my mouth. And actually, when I heard myself say that, I literally thought, something's wrong. I did. I said, something's wrong here. And I realized that the way I was approaching uh, December at the end of the year, there's a lot of different reasons. I'm going to probably unpack a lot of them as it comes up here, but um, you know, I'm not achieving enough. I'm not doing enough. It's, it's a slow time in, 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 in church work and like, what have I done all year? And then there were some family things going on too. And so early in the month, I, I, I said, I realized this more and more. Some, I was being confronted with something. And it was, it was this mindset that I had. And, and so, so I did something. It was revolutionary. What happened was, is each week our, our pastors, and I was even sharing, putting on the screen, ways that you can have a good December. Reading through the Christmas story. Spending time stealing my soul. Sorting out my, my, my thoughts. And I, and I needed to sort some things out. I sat with God a lot. I read, read the Christmas story. I got help from other people. I didn't isolate myself. And I want to let you know, I did what the pastor said, and it worked. Imagine that. It worked. And I mean this with all my heart. I had, a, I, I had a great month, and not that I did, wasn't challenged, and not that I didn't have any things that I had to face, but I had a good month, and it happened through a process day by day by day. It wasn't just that Christmas Day changed everything, or the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve, everything was perfect. No, it was a day by day process by which I had to, first of all, admit I had a problem. That's right, I had to admit it. You know, I, I just, just come out and say it. And then I had to ask for help. And I asked some people for help. And then I applied, I, I applied God's truth. And then I, I, I actively pursued freedom. And I got it in a day by day by day process. And that's what God has for you and has for me. We all struggle. We all have struggles, ups and downs and all around. As a matter of fact, if your life is perfect and you don't like struggles and you just think like, hey, once you pray this prayer with Jesus, everything in your life should be fine. And you don't like to be around people who struggle. You're going to hate it here. I'm just telling you, you're going, to, hey, you're going to say, this ain't the place for me. If you got it all together and everything's perfect and you never have a problem ever in your life, well, I'm telling you, I'm waiting for your book. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And, 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 and so being transformed is what we're all after, right? Aren't we being, I, I, want, to, I want to experience God. So, so here's the big idea. It's a big idea we've been using, using all month. As a matter of fact, we're going to use it next month too. It's so good. 
Yeah, yeah, transform. It's a process. It's a process by which I'm being made into the image of God through, th- through three things. These things are relationships that transform us. As a matter of fact, the next two weeks are going to be all about relationships that transform us. You know, we all have relationships. Some relationships transform us to be more like Jesus, and some allow us to be more like our old selves. We got to decide which relationships you want. We're going to help you know how to get relationships that can help you be more like Jesus. Because isn't that the goal? Come on, then renewing your mind. And that's what today is going to be all about. We're, we're, we're going deep on just renewing your mind. And what does that mean? And revealing God's truth. If we can do these things, I believe God is going to transform us. Here it is. Who you are today is the result of your thoughts from yesterday. Who you are today is the result of your thoughts of yesterday. Change your thinking. Change your life. How many of y'all could use a change in any area of your life? Come on, money, physical health, job, vocation, marriage, family. Come on, how many of you have got well, at least one? Okay, come on. Yeah, it's, it's the thoughts because this is it. Let me track, follow me here. Thoughts produce feelings. Feelings produce behavior. I want you to catch this. Most of us are just trying to adapt some form of behavior rather than going back and saying a change of heart with God in my new nature can produce a change of thought. I'm lining my thoughts up with God and my feelings begin to change. So therefore my behavior can change. So it's not just trying to do more to please God. Listen, God has already done a lot for me. He's done a lot for you. And that's what I'm going to learn to walk out and live in my life. So we're going to launch again from Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Now we know these as chapters. This is chapter 12. Now when the apostle Paul was writing the letter to the Romans, it's not like he was writing a book to be published. It's not like his editor said, you got to cut down on some chapters here, or you need to add something. He was writing a letter. In 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 the first 11 chapters of Romans is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that we are saved by grace through faith, not that of ourselves, lest any man should boast. The gift of God is a free gift of God that we can't earn. You can't earn it on your best day. Now, unfortunately, many people try to earn it. Many people are trying to earn their salvation. I want to let you know you're not good enough to earn your salvation. It's been paid for. It's been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, a pure and holy sacrifice. See, you got to catch that to catch these two verses. See, the, the, the fact that something's paid, this is what it's like. It's like if you were to go to the doctor and they would say, hey, you have a copay of $20. You have a copay of $20. That's what you have to pay. And you would say, nah, I'm paying full price. No, I'm not leaving here till I pay full price because I want to pay full price. No, that, what, what would they say? Like, no, you, you just owe $20. Why? Something's been paid for already. By, but this is what some Christians do. This is what some people do with their mindsets. They want to try to earn something that they, you can't earn. It's a free gift of God. That's the grace of God. This is the gospel that changes every aspect of our lives. Okay, you're not near as excited as I thought. 
Okay, let me try to put it this way. What would happen? What would it look like in your family, your house, your workplace, your group of friends, your marriage, your family? Pick, pick any area there. What would it look like if every time you faced a problem or issue, every time you had problems with somebody else, you faced it like this? It, it's not that I have been sinned against. It's that I am a sinner saved by the grace of God, and he has already given me so much forgiveness. First, then we can deal with all the other stuff. But until you approach it with that first mindset, you'll never get to the second one because it's all about what's been done to you. And face it, there's been a lot of stuff that has happened to a lot of us, huh? And I can't go back and change that. But, but I'm saying that because in Romans 12, over and over and over, and in first 11 chapters, it's all about the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the free gift of God. It's the wages of sin or death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And so then he gets to this point in Romans 12, 1. He says, okay, I beseech you, brothers, therefore... What he says, therefore, is because you've received grace and mercy. Therefore, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your, by the renewal of your, yeah, transformed, yeah, testing. You may discern what the will of God is, good and acceptable and perfect. How many of y'all would like to know what the will of God is for your life? Anybody here? How many of y'all want to know? You picked the right day to come to church. I'm going to tell you what it is. You, I'm telling you, you might not get this next week. It's a good thing you're here. Well, this is what the will of God is, that you receive his grace, and then you present your body to him because of what he has done for you. You present your life holy and acceptable. Don't be conformed into the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds. Then you will prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I just told you what God's will is for your life. That you present your body to him. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's God's will for your life. I thought that was pretty good. Now, see, we complicate it. And so a lot of times when we're making decisions, I tell people all the time, I say, listen, they they have two decisions to make. I say, well, which one's going to help you not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed and challenge your faith and help you grow into the man or woman that God's created you to be? (laughs) Just pick that one. (laughs) Isn't that simplistic? We complicate it. Well, should I buy the red car or the blue car? Which one isn't going to put you in debt that you're not free mentally and financially? The most. <laughs> Pick that one. Is this, see, am I being too helpful? I don't know. Maybe this is too practical. <laughs> I, mean, you know I mean, I can make it more complicated if you want. I can. I can, I can really, really complicate it. So there's this thing called mindsets. And so the Apostle Paul, he's writing. And then we're going to go to Corinthians. And, and that's that, that Apostle Paul, first he's writing to the Romans, then he writes to the Corinthians. And he's just writing, 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 writing more letters and more letters. That's what, that, that's what the Apostle Paul did. He's just a letter writer, okay? I mean, imagine if he would have had a computer. <laughs> he would have probably even wrote more letters, <laughs> to the church at Bridge City Church at White Oak. Okay, just a thought. Okay, here we are in chapter 10, and he says this in verse 3, 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. A fancy way of saying we live in the human body, but we do not war. Our war is not just with being stronger, but, but it's spiritual. Our war is spiritual. There's a real enemy that wants to destroy everything about you that represents the image of God. Okay, but it's not about, listen, it's not about more willpower. It's more about God power that comes through submission. This isn't about, this isn't a self-help course. I'm going to be more, practice more willpower. How about we just get more in love with Jesus and watch what happens? Yeah, I just, man, this is cool. Yeah, and for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down Yeah, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, yeah, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, just look at that. You don't have to be a Greek scholar because the Corinthians was originally written in Greek. This is in English to know that he brings up thoughts and your mind a lot. My thought, like, there's a lot of that in there. And so what we have here is we have the casting down, the demolishing of these things called strongholds. Here's your definition right here. Everybody got one here. Yeah, a fortified, military, strong-walled fortress. A strong-walled fortress. Now, now you know a strong-walled fortress when you meet one, just like when you meet a strong-willed child. You know it when you see it. If you had one, you know what I'm talking about. Come on. And you get a whole house full, Lord Jesus, come on. <laughs> but figuratively, it's a false argument in which a person seeks shelter from reality. I want you to catch this. That's what it is. Figuratively, it's a false argument, yeah, in which a person, you, we seek shelter from reality and we don't even know it because it's shaping our reality. That's what a stronghold is. I want to let you know, everybody got one. Everybody has a strong. We all got mindsets. We all got things in our minds. How about this? Arguments. How many of y'all have ever had an argument with yourself? Yeah, come on. How many, come on, you got imagination, speculations, arguments, what to do. You know, Bruce talks about getting to a connection group. I want to go to a group because I, want, I know I need relationships, but if I go there, it's going to be, the, the, everybody there's perfect. You're not like me. Did you ever have that argument? To go or not to go? That is the question. Come on. Answer the question. Just go. And then we're going to start off group. This is how every group's going to start off. We're going to start, let's start off that we're a group of friends that are messed up, screwed up, and jacked up. And we're not going to hide our real selves. We're going to deal with our real selves and not leave here the same people that walked in. See, it's not about glorifying the past. It's about glorifying God's, God's presence into the future. Come on. Are you with me? That's what, this, that's what groups are about. That's why we want you to get into one. This is what victory and freedom is all about. Now, I want to tell you, we, we do these weekends called Victory and Freedom. We've been doing them since 2005. Yeah, and, and, and as a pastor... I was searching for something because I was, so, I was so frustrated. I was pastoring this church, and I wasn't seeing people experience God to the degree that I knew that the power of God could free people. 
And I was frustrated. I was like, man, there's so much more to the gospel. And I was frustrated. And we, we came across a way, not the way, but a way to really deal with past and experiences and things and strongholds and mindsets that are, that are keeping people captive. And this is a way that we, that we start doing it. Now, I want to let you know that ladies, it, the ladies ones, the, the women's Victory and Freedom Weekend, it's already full. I want to just give you a big shout out. That's good. And so that's full. We actually have nine more spots for guys right now. Nine more. I'm going to buy a couple of them. They're $25 here. I'll be selling them for $35 on eBay just a little bit later. Okay, and I'll be taking bids up from there. Okay, you can see me, see me later. That's good. Listen, what I want you to do, man, is I want us to just face like guys like, well, I don't need it. I'm okay. You, you, okay, I, I just want to tell you, you're not okay. Okay, uh, there we go. Um, no, I'm serious. Like I, I go every about 18 months. I go because I need to, I need to, I need to clean out my, the garage in my head. My head got lots of stuff stored up there, you know, and I need, I need all the brainwashing I can get. No, I'm saying that when, see, when I met Jesus back in the late 1900s, that was a common saying. They said, you go to that. People told me about this. You go to that church, they're going to brainwash you. I was taught early on, <laughs> my brain needed washed. Come on, somebody. Yeah. My brain needs all the washing by the word of God and by the spirit of God and by the presence of God. And friends, I need all the help I can get because I got some crazy things up there. I really do. You should see some of the things up. You don't want to see the things up there. Come on. So these, these things create, these strongholds create barriers in our lives. Where do we get these barriers? Let me tell you two ways that we get them. Everybody has a past, past experiences. Everybody has a past. I don't care who you are. Does everybody have a past there? Okay, yeah. And their attitudes and beliefs that were formed by long-term exposure to houses and families, neighborhoods, culture, schools, friends, churches. Everybody has one. This is where, you know, like you could say, well, I grew up in an all-Italian household. This is just the way Italians are. I grew up, I'm Irish. This is just the way Irish people are. This is where we get those mindsets. We don't realize it. We grew up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has its own set of mindset. We don't realize it. I invite people to come here to minister from other cities. And they come in here. It usually takes about 12 hours. They look at me and they say, it is so gloomy here. This is what they tell me over and over. And, and, and I say, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really, the sun's not out a lot. They say, I'm not talking about the sun. I'm talking about there's some gloomy people around here. No, I'm serious. We don't realize it because we live in it. We come up with a mindset that, that, that affects the way we think because of our past experiences. The schools we grew up in, our predisposure time and time again, created a way that we view the world and we got to take some of these thoughts captive. What I'm about to share with you, it took me decades of being a Christian to get what I'm about to share with you. Yeah, this is where we get these, the, the, the past experiences. This is where we get all rich people are this way. I was taught that all rich people are evil. They only have one thing on their mind. They're not good. Nobody sat me down and said, let me teach you a lesson. I learned it because I was predisposed to a way of thinking. I was predisposed that all leadership, anybody, any boss is no good. They're evil. They're bad. These are the things that I grew up thinking. This is where it turns out, believe it or not, 
All white people are this way. All black people are this way. It's because we've been predisposed to certain things and it's stinking thinking that gots to go. They create strongholds. Yeah, then there's these other things and oh man, traumatic experiences and ah. Attitudes and beliefs that were formed from mental, physical, sexual, and spiritual abuses. Rape and molestation and same-sex experiences as a, as a child. And, I mean, real abuse, um, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, a parent that died when you were a young age. Uh, a father that abandoned the family at a young age Im- Im- impacted you and-, and left an image. It's a trauma. But I want to let you know that you don't have to live in your trauma. If Jesus Christ and the power of Jesus Christ is real and captives are set free and brokenhearted healed and downtrodden lifted and blind eyes open, he can heal us. But it's a process by which we come, we become like him. There's not just a pill to take. There's not just a prayer to pray. It's a process by which we become more like him. And it's the renewing of my mind. That's what this is about. And we get into these traumas. We get into these things. And, and, and we get into all this stuff. And it affects our lives with God. It affects the way we think. It, 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 It affects everything here. We are a sum total of all our past experiences. We all have baggage. Oh, some people have nicer baggage than others, but it's all baggage. I was the uh, youngest of four boys, Larry, Jerry, Gary, (laughs) and Rick. (laughs) They were all so good at what they did. They're great, great men of God and and awesome. Couldn't keep up. I, I, I know some of you are thinking you've been around the church for a couple years and you've been like, oh, he's doing that message again. Oh, it's the suitcase message. I've heard it before. How many of you have ever tried to lose weight and get healthy? How many of you have done it more than once? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll just let that one sit. Uh, I told you, grew up um, middle class, blue collar, dad worked hard, my wife's Dad was a mill, a mill worker, grew up with that mentality, work hard, take care of yourself. You can provide for yourself, be self-reliant, don't depend on anybody, don't trust anybody. Come on, be a true Pittsburgher. And then the Steelers are your team. <laughs> just, just a thought, we'll put that right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So we have all this stuff going on in our life. I was told over and over in my life, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never achieve anything. I graduated high school. Uh, 
with an eighth grade education, eighth grade reading level, never read a book, never, never did anything, never really saw need in it, couldn't keep up with everybody else, so why bother? And I started getting myself a first-class stronghold here. Before I go on, let me just tell you how another one. Let me just, a young girl, dad leaves, there's no dad love in her life, and it leaves a trauma, it leaves a hurt, just one hurt. She really wants a, a, a man's love, really wants a, a man's love and affection. That's all she's ever longed for is a real dad. So she gives herself to another man. Gets hurt. Tries hard, works hard, tries more relationships, more men. Gives herself sexually promiscuity. And it just begins to frame a stronghold. Is this, making, is this helping you? I'm trying to use different things to really help you understand how these things get built. Everybody has one. And so I go through life, and I go through life, and I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to do stuff. I'm, and uh, insecurity and uh, uh, was plaguing my life because I, I, I had to achieve everything. I had to do more. I was trying to earn something that was free. Most people go decades of being Christians and never get what I'm about to give you right now. And it's the most freeing thing I could ever tell you. That's why we do this series every couple years, because it's freeing and it helps us. And we get more and more strongholds. We get more and more stuff in our lives. So I just kept having to either push people down. I had to push them down or pull them down to justify who I was. That's what I did. If anybody was doing better than me, I put, made fun of them. I had to pull them down. If anybody was coming up, doing better, I had to push them down. I had to, make, I had to find reasons why they weren't the real deal or why it wasn't working for me, etc. And pretty soon, over and over and over again, we just keep building these accumulative processes in our lives. You see... But people used to see, put, puts down others. They didn't realize that each suitcase had a whole bunch of baggage inside. They didn't see the real stuff. That was what just everybody else saw. But inside every suitcase, there was a whole bunch of experiences that reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. And then there's trauma. And then there's stuff here. And so I come to Jesus, and I'm supposed to experience this freedom. And yes, yeah, spiritually, I get set free, but there's this barrier that has set itself up in separating me from Jesus. It's a walled city that creates a false sense of security back here. It creates my reality because I have to look through here and this taints everything I see. So everything I see, I see other people have freedom. I see Jesus works for everybody else, but he doesn't work for me. Why? I got these mindsets that need to be re renewed, and I got to get rid of the old. And so every now and then, I get brave enough to come out here. Let 
and I'm, I'm free, but this is vulnerable. When I'm vulnerable, I am weak, and weakness is not a good thing. Have you grown up in my city? Then I'm a man. Men are supposed to have it all together. We got to keep it together. Be stoic. Don't allow emotion to show. Don't allow your feelings to show. Don't do, I got to keep it together. I got to keep it together. And we're trying to spend our whole lives keeping it together when Jesus is trying to take it apart so that he can put it together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, I read this. I can't get it out of my head. Jesus was crucified in weakness. I couldn't believe when I read that recently. I'm like, how could I miss this all these years? He was crucified. Jesus wasn't weak. He was crucified in weakness, but he rose again in power. We want resurrection power, but we don't want weakness in the crucifixion. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to go through the weakness and the vulnerability of exposing who I really am. Because if you knew who I really was, you wouldn't like me. You, wouldn't, you didn't like me. And it was only a matter of time until you wouldn't like me. Because this framed and separated not only me from God, it separated me from people. Because I couldn't let the real me show. Is this helping you today? See, there are mindsets that we have. So what are the common mindsets we have? Common mindsets, rejection, worthlessness, hopelessness, abandonment, illegitimacy. You're not a child of God. Come on. Uh, immorality, rebellion, fear, unforgiveness. Did you sing the same song I sang this morning? Goodbye, bitterness. Come on. I, I like that because, you know, I got to keep reminding my mind. Goodbye, bitterness. Goodbye. You have no place here. See, what I'm trying to tell you is this. Unfortunately, most Christians never serve God out of their spirit man. They're only serving God out of their personality. And we think that God's, God's best is just to make my personality not so quirky. I just They never get to the point where there's spirituality because they can't get past their personality. This is just who I am. I like to say it like it is. But you better not say it like it is. I'll never be ahead. I'll never get ahead. I used to say for years and years and years, um, God could ne God will never trust me with a million dollars. Our church will never have a million because he can't trust me. I spoke negative things over my life over and over and over until somebody in the church gently and lovingly confronted me in love. And they said, why do you say that? And I said, well, I'm just, you know, just, just Rick Paladin in Pittsburgh. That's all I'll ever be. I did. This, this is what I was doing. And they challenged me. And so I got, I had to admit I had a problem. I had to ask for help. I had to apply God's truth. And I had to actively pursue freedom. And I got a different mindset and I started confessing the word of God over my life and over our church. And that's when our church began to prosper. Not for my sake, but for the kingdom of God's sake. That's so we could start campuses like here in White Oak. Don't you think that was a good idea? That wasn't my idea. That was God giving a breakthrough in a mindset that was holding us back. 
So I had to get rid of old mindsets. And mindsets creep in because we allow them to creep in. Just like I said, just like losing weight or getting healthy, I got to do it again. How are we going to get healthy? Losing one pound by one pound by one pound. How am I going to read the Bible? Verse by verse by verse by verse. In, in September, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm sitting in the second row listening to John Bevere minister. He's, a, he's nationally known, wrote some really good books. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him talk about the word of God. And it was almost like, it was almost irritating me. Because he was talking so affectionately and fondly about God's word. And I thought, I want that. That really, this is how it happens in my life. And so the next morning, I'm sitting with Jesus. I'm calming my heart. I'm like just doing what I do. I steal my soul. I spend time with God, not out of a matter of minutes, but just out of a matter of here I am, God. I'm not trying to earn anything. You, you saved me, so I'm going to spend time with you. And I said to myself, you know what? It's been a while since I read the Bible through in a year. And I told you, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I was never a great reader. I've become one, but I was never was. And so I, 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 I did something really holy. I went on Google and I looked up Bible reading plans. And then I found one. And I didn't, I didn't get lost in it. I, it said Bible reading six days a week. That's right. There's seven days a week, but I found a six day a week because I figured I'm going to screw up once a week. Might as well build it in. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I just, I drew on that one day. Trust me. Yeah. I just figured, why not do that? And so the next day, I, I printed, I, control print, something holy. It printed out. I got myself a Bridge City Church pen. And so every day, I'm just checking it off. I'm reading it one verse by one verse by one verse. If you want free, it's going to come once, one, one moment by one moment by one moment. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. What are we going to do here? We're going to carefully figure out what God wants. Yeah. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's even shameful to speak of these things. So I got to be willing to expose, be willing to convince by compelling evidence by the word of God and be renewed in my mind that this is not going to define me anymore. We got to get rid of some stuff. My wife, Natalie, uh, she asked me um, at the beginning, at middle of summer, sometime last last year. She kept saying, uh, would, "Would you would you help me clean the basement?" Uh, listen, I'm gonna make it really clear. She never nagged, never complained, never raised her voice, never rolled her eyes. She just gently kept asking, "Would you help me do this?" It started in midsummer, early December. Because I'm trying to get a new mindset with life, to be honest. This, see, this stuff affects your whole life. She sat, we were sitting down, had a good conversation. She said, would you help me clean the basement? And I just looked at her. She said, you're acting as if you don't want to clean the basement. <laughs> My baby, this ain't acting. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I, just, I literally said, I said, I said, this ain't acting. I said, I looked at her, I drew gentle. I said, I never once, my whole entire life, 59 years. I never once woke up and said, today's the day I'm going to clean the basement. <laughs> never once have I ever said, I can't wait. 
Now, I thought she was going to be so thrilled with my honesty. <laughs> she wasn't. Okay. <laughs> and then she said, she said to me, she said, you know what? She goes, every time I bring this up, you find something else to do. <laughs> Darn straight, I do. <laughs> I did. I looked around. I was like, you better believe I do. If there's something to be done, I'm going to find it. But I got confronted with something. I had to admit that I just didn't want to do something that would, one would, would be honoring to, honoring to my wife, okay? And it would bring me peace. <laughs> it took me two and a half hours to do what, six months of requesting. Guys, if you would just go to Victory and Freedom and spend, you know, Friday night and Saturday, it would take care of a lot of years of your excuses, just the thought. And so I, um, we went down, we cleaned it, and everything was in order. We, and there was times I picked up stuff and said, do we need this? And I want it. No, we don't need it. And we had a good exchange, good, healthy, great exchange. Follow me with that. And there was something, we filled up a whole bunch of garbage bags, threw a whole bunch of stuff out, and we had peace. And then it was the next week, somebody came over our house. And I said, hey, I cleaned our basement. I did. Somebody was in our house. I said, you should go see it. And so that I needed something from downstairs. I said, why don't you get it? And they did. And then they came up and I said, pretty clean, huh? And they go, yeah, it really is clean because I've been down there before and it really looks good. And I, I did that. Come on. That's right. I clean basements. Mm -hmm. Now, I guarantee you, there's going to be about three guys right now that are going to walk up to me after I'm done today, because this has happened every time I've used this illustration. I want you to track me on something. I'm going to try to show you a stronghold. Three guys are going to come up and say, thanks for ruining my Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I'm serious. It happened everywhere. It's like, th I literally, guys come and say, thanks a lot. Um, listen, so let me approach the ladies for a second. Just to show I'm an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> See, remember that illustration? What if, I was a, what if I needed forgiveness and I was the first one that got forgiveness? And I offended God first. Then I approached all my other stuff. Remember that? Oh man, about 20 minutes ago. What if you applied that and said, when's the last time you made him his favorite meal and you did something great for him just because he's so great in your life? Just because. Didn't have to earn it. Didn't have to prove it. Didn't have to like jump through a hoop for it. Didn't have to be the token at your birthday. No, see, these are mindsets we have. And the reason a lot of ladies tell me they have to nag at their husbands, because that's the only way he listens. No, you programmed him like that because of your strongholds. You have programmed him to be like that. Because of the way you look at him, because the way you look at men, and because the way there. Could that be a thought? I'm trying to help you today. We all got them. We all got them. So what are we going to do with them? We're going to admit we have it. We have admit you got one. You, you, you got to ask for help. We got to act. We got to apply God's, the truth of God's word. This is what he says. And actively pursue freedom. Okay, I'm going to give you something here. We're going to wrap up with this verses in Colossians chapter 2. Is this helpful for you today? Come on, is this helping your mindset, help you get renewed? 
And uh, Colossians 2, listen, this will help every aspect of your life. Every, whatever change you want in your life, with your money, with your giving, with your debt, with your uh, what cars, houses, spouse, I'm telling you, it's in the word of God and it can be had. You don't have to live in the state you're in right now. I've been, I've been a follower of Jesus for, it's, it's, it's gonna be 44 years and I'm still being transformed. I'm still getting a renewed mind. I still am. So in Colossians chapter two, this is about, nudge your neighbor, say, it's about to get good. Nudge, it's about to get good. It's really gonna get good. You were dead because of your sins, because of your sinful nature was not cut away. This is just, this is a way of saying, wait a minute, you were dead in your sins because your flesh, your natural, your natural stuff wasn't yet cut away. I'm oversimplifying to help you understand. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave how much of your sin? How much? Yeah, all of our sins. Yeah, come on. He canceled the debt. The record of charges against us and took it away, nailing it on the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the. See, there's been things written against you. There's been things, rejection, abandonment, you're hopeless, you're worthless. There's been assignments of the enemy to destroy your life. And when we see all these things, you'll never achieve anything. You'll never be great. You'll never be able to be a follower of God and be a man of God. That's a mindset. And what we need to do is identify this is that mindset. And every time I'm faced with I'm no good, I'm a bad guy, I'm good, we can either put it back on or get rid of it. Jesus paid for that. Jesus set me free. Your marriage will never be good because you're screwed up and you're damaged goods, you'll never get married because you're just messed up. You're screwed up. Nobody wants you. That's not a thought from God. That's a thought from the enemy. Jesus Christ paid for you. You can, you can hide behind that all you want or you can get rid of it and say, Jesus Christ paid for that. Jesus, take all my baggage. Take all the stuff in every one of my baggage. You'll never pray for people because you can't pray. You're not spiritual enough. Everybody else is spiritual. Get out of here. I tried church. I tried God. It don't work. I've tried trusting people and pastors and churches. They're just all screwed up. Yes, get rid of it. Like really, like Jesus died for it. I'm not going to pull down other churches. I'm not going to pull down other people. I'm not going to do that. That's not the enemy. The enemy is the devil. Oh, I'm just a typical guy. I need to look at other women. Get out of here. I'm a typical guy. No, you're not. Jesus paid for you. He bought you with a price. Come on, he sets you free. We don't have to. 
Did I say it's easy? No. But I do know this. We can get rid of the stuff. Yeah, you grew up in Pittsburgh. But I'm telling you this. This ain't my home. Come on. God's created me for freedom. God's created me to live free. He's created me with no barriers. And I'm going to tell you, you knock some of this stuff down, it's going to mess with your mind. Because now I know who I am in Christ. And every decision we make is based on these two things. Who is God to you and who are you to God? Every decision you make in your life will be based on these two questions right here. Who's God to you? Who are you to God? But I'm here to tell you today that all that stuff that was written against you, you don't have to live there. That's not going to define you. I'm telling you this, the blood of Jesus Christ is more than enough. But we just got to apply it and get relationships that transform, renewing of my mind, and then get some revealing of God's truth and watch what God will do. If you've heard anything that's helpful, anything that's good, would you just stand to your feet? Was something helpful to you? Did something come alive in you? Did you say, wow, I'm starting to understand some things? Just stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, I pray over every person here today. God, just move us, move us, move us, God, in a direction, Lord God, that pleases and honors you. God. Move us, Father. Move the needle at Bridge City Church, Lord God, out of willpower and into God power in Jesus' name, Lord. Now, if you're here today and you don't have a day, a moment, or time when forgiveness of sin was yours, that Jesus forgave you of your sin, not the sin of the world, your sin. If you don't have a day, a moment, or time, today could be your day that you say, Jesus, I am a sinner forgive me. And I want you, Jesus, to be the leader of my life. This is what we call becoming a Christian. Going from mere mental assent to Jesus, forgive me and lead me. Right now, in Jesus' name, God, for every person in this room right now that has, that's struggling right now, they want to make that decision, but they're challenged. They're, they're just struggling right now. I pray for them that today would be their day in Jesus' name. So God, right now, and so if you're here today and you're saying, man, I want today to be my day that I become a follower of Jesus Christ. I just want you right now to slip up your hand right where you are. Just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, that is me right now. Thank you. Come on, anybody else. Come on, just, there we go. Come on. Anybody else? Listen, this is your day. Come on. Come on, this is your day for freedom. Somebody's going to come up beside you and they're going to pray for you. If you raise your hand, they're just going to pray. All you got to do is just just sit there and let them pray. Let them just minister to you because you're a valuable person to God. Hey, church isn't over. How many of y'all, we're going to make, we're going to give God a little more room today. Y'all good? We cut the worship a little shorter on the front end today so we could spend some time worshiping right here. Not out of my personality, but I'm going to worship and honor God out of my, I've been transformed by God. So the worship team is going to lead us in two songs. I'm going to ask that everybody in this, in this auditorium right here, that we have respect and honor to other people who are getting prayer. We're going to have honor and respect to God. Can we spend an extra 10 minutes worshiping God? Can we do that together? Just honor him. So we have teams of people prepared to pray for you. So if you're part of that team, if you could come up and get in place here. We have some teams of people that have prepared for this moment with you. So we're going we're gonna to have you do this. You're going to come down the center aisles 
And we have some really nice people that they're going to direct you where to go to to pray. They're nice people. They're smiling. They look, they look so happy. They're going to direct you. Now, guys, I know what happens in moments like this. I ain't going to do that. I, listen, as a man to a man, I'm telling you, get signed up for Victory and Freedom. Get some prayer. Why stay with an old mindset? Why bother? I'm just trying to help you. I mean, from my bottom of my heart, God's created you as a man of God. So, if you want prayer, you're going to just slip out into the middle aisle. They're going to direct you to a team. Don't, don't, don't go to the team you want. Go to the team God wants. God, God knows where you live. Are you all good? So let's just begin right now. Just start filling in. Just Who wants some prayer today? Come on. Just, oh, nobody wants to be first. Oh, my Lord. Come on, just start filling in. Just start filling in. Come on, just, just go for it. Just go for it. Why? They're, they're going to pray for you that the reality of Colossians 2 becomes a reality. That you experience that. Now the rest of us, we're not going to talk. We're not going to leave. I'm going to come back up in about 10 minutes and we are going to make a biblical declaration together. We're going to declare God's word over your life. You're going to take pictures of it. You're going to be doing it all week long. It's going to be good. So don't go anywhere. Jordan, if you lead us, we're going to follow. We're going to be the best worshipers on the planet. Church, let's worship the Lord right now. Come on.